Hello and welcome to another jam-packed episode of We Love Books, the show where we absolutely love kids' books, and we know you do too. My name is Neve, and today I chat to the hilarious Maz Evans, who tells us about gods, spies, and the worst evil of all, pineapple. Here's a top tip, never share your Hawaiian pizza with Maz Evans. We've got plenty of book chat on the way, but first I wanted to know, who is your favorite character from a book? In the Alex Rider series, I like Jack. So his dad dies and then he goes to live with his uncle and then his uncle dies and there was someone who was staying yeah like a housekeeper well she turns into a housekeeper so she takes care of him they're kind of like friends but i really like her personality let me think i've read so many good stories with so many good characters i think i might choose bonnie from madeline and the library dog because madeline doesn't like reading but bonnie makes her like reading i think my favourite is young Sherlock, actually. And then there's a character in it, it and he's called uh, Maddie. He's also one of my favourite characters. So he's funny and he lives in England. And every time he says a sentence, he always says, like, Shorten's words. He talks about Sherlock's brother, Mycroft. When he says uh, brother, he says brother. A uh, character. Okay, this is from the... David Walliams book, I think he's in nearly every book, well not all of them but nearly all of them is Raj, the news agent guy, he's pretty funny as well and yeah, I like him. My favourite character from the Taylor Turbo Chaser is Amy, because she's the um, main character. She's very adventurous, she loves cars. And she always wanted to drive one, but one that has a wheelchair place because she needed a wheelchair. We Love Books, it's time for We Love Reviews. Six-year-old Austin is here with a review of Animal Crackers by Sarah Webb and Alan Nolan. This book is called Animal Crackers. The book is written by Sarah Webb and Alan Nolan. It has six parts and it tells us about favourite animals. And it shows us how to draw cats and dogs. And you have to try and guess the dogs by the pictures of them and guess the cats by their skin. I loved it because all the different facts. Well, to measure a horse, you use your hands. And to tell their age, you look at their teeth. Because it changes shape every, every time they get older. Sarah likes narwhal, bottlenose dolphins, blue whales, and humpback whales. Alan is dotty about dogs. The book takes us on a journey with their good friend Hoppy the tree funk, who hops through most pages. He's Sarah and Alan's friend. 
The book has six parts. It has a part on favorite animals, part two, where animals came from. It tells us big and small animals, fast and slow animals. Part four, it tells us about animals around Ireland. It talks about bees and climate change and the history of frogs, how to take care of the environment. There's some games and activities and you get to draw cats, dogs, and you can draw a dinosaur. And there is Horses for Courses game. So it's called Horses for Courses and it has instructions all around it. Like your host can jump the fence, miss a turn, and every fence it says something. The book finishes off with jokes at the back. What happens to a frog's car when it breaks down? It gets towed away. What do you call a girl with a frog on her head? A lily. Why couldn't the leopard play hide and seek? Because he was always spotted. What should you never play cards with? A cheetah. Why did the snake cross the road? To get to the other side. Now on We Love Books, it's time for our interview with a featured author. And today, Maz Evans is in the hot seat. She's written lots of different books, including, but not limited to, the Who Let the Gods Out series and her latest exciting offering, the Vi Spy series, the first book of which is out now and is called Licence to Chill. Let's go back to the beginning. What is the first book as a child that you read that you remember going, that's a great book? I'm not sure they had books when I was a child. If I was, it was so long ago. I think we just sort of looked at the pretty paintings on the cave wall. But wow. um, I am so old. I am so <laughs> old that the first book I remember queuing up outside the bookshop for was Matilda by Roald Dahl. <gasps> I remember the oh, day wow. it was published. And I was a huge Roald Dahl fan. And I've got still in this house, actually, my first edition of Matilda that my children are not allowed to touch unless they've been sanitized. You know, they've been sort of, you know, hosed down by biochemists, <laughs> you, know, nerdy, you know, the gloves that they gloves, put on yeah. ancient you know, library documents. So that was the first one. And I sat down and I remember my grandmother was absolutely furious with me. God bless her, because she um, had taken me to this bookshop, queued up with me to buy it. And I opened it about 20 pages from the end. And she said, what, what are you doing that for? It's a new book. I said, oh, I read most of it at my mate Katie's house uh, before before we came out. So she's like, brilliant, great. <laughs> glad, I, glad you just really didn't borrow it from your friend Katie and finish the last 20 pages. So yes, and I just, yeah, I was a massive bookworm and Matilda was a book that really spoke to me, of course, because so, so is she. That's actually my first important book. I remember reading it being very small and going, ah, I recognize that girl. I think I might be that girl. I, well, I'm sure it was that girl. Although when I tried to move stuff with yes. my mind, I, mean, I literally nearly you know, gave myself migraines. Like, <laughs> kind of staring. I was like, if I read this much, surely I can move things, right? That's just how it works. Uh, but I think it was, and I think for we girls, you know, a lot of girls in, in literature, you know, I'm a lot older than you, but they were a bit, um, 
they're a bit sort of girly and a bit kind of precious. And and to have Matilda, who was a bit more of a kickbutt heroine in, in her little way, was 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 really exciting for me to see a girl as a hero who wasn't into fairies and unicorns and went to boarding school. You know, she was kind of a bit a bit a bit more real than that. And I yeah, absolutely loved it. I still believe that I can move coffee cups around the table if I try hard enough. I just haven't tried hard enough. So that book has left a lasting impact. I can definitely move my glasses and my house keys around the house. Uh, no <laughs> idea where I put them, but I, that's the only explanation is telekinesis that I move my phone as well, my mobile phone. Clearly I move it with my mind somewhere and leave it in the downstairs toilet or something. And that's why I can't find it when I'm about to leave the house. So um, thank you. That must be the explanation. I appreciate that. That is a really annoying talent to have. So really annoying talent. I have many, but that's just one of them. Yes, I quite agree. My greatest talent is I can make a dolphin noise. So I'm wondering, what is your greatest talent? Speaking of your telekinesis. Oh, now that's now that's a difficult one. Not because I have so many talents, I'm struggling to choose one. Really <laughs> it's because do. I have none, and I'm trying to think of one. Um, I have now. This isn't going to work very well over a podcast, but I have a range of pretty impressive facial expressions. So can I do it now? I can usually oh, isolate. Oh wow! Yeah, I can isolate an eyebrow. Wow. So when my children have done something, I'm very kind of. Hmm. And uh, I'm definitely good at that. I have extraordinarily acute hearing, so I can hear anything, which again for my children is not good news because I can hear the switch of an Xbox from like literally half a mile away. So I have got astonishingly acute hearing, which really irritates everybody I live with because I know the second they're up to anything. Um, I also, and it's it's a curious skill, I can, I'm a complete technophobe, I'm rubbish with all technology except reprogramming uh, any clock on any device. So when wow. the clocks go forward and back, I'm your girl. Now, Neve, this might not seem like something that's going to save yeah, the planet. very useful. But if your car clock has been an hour out <laughs> since British summertime started, then I'm your girl. You know, I can't hold up buildings, <laughs> but Lord enough, your roast potatoes will be ready on time because your oven clock <laughs> will, will tell the right time. So well, that's it. That's my gift to humanity. Burnt roast potatoes are so disappointing because it, it takes a lot of effort to roast a potato. So it takes a lot, particularly if you think they're ready an hour earlier than they actually are. So you know, <laughs> this, I don't think I think it's been overlooked in the great human gifts. But actually, you know, and also you want to you want to set your TV to record something? Not if you're an hour out, you can't. So you know, um, massively, massively underrated, but extremely useful secret superhero talent. Amazing talents to have. <laughs> So going back to yourself as a little girl loving Matilda, first of all, that book must be worth a lot of money right now. So Which is why the children never touch it. <laughs> keep them away. Were you a writer as a child? Oh, yes, I absolutely. And I didn't think that writing was something you could do as an actual job, you see. And I thought, because authors, I thought they must be really clever and really pretty and really young and really cool. And fortunately, as I am the absolute proof, you I don't disagree. have any of those things. <laughs> any of <laughs> those things. You, you will go far, but you need to switch your camera up a little bit, clearly. Um, <laughs> but you, know, you don't need to be any of those things. And so for many years, I mean, I didn't write my first book. My first book was published I was well into my 30s because I sort of thought I wasn't special enough to be an author and it was actually all you need to do is like anything else you, you got to work at it and um, when I was little my first book I ever wrote I wrote when I was seven and it was called The Ladybirds spelt L-A-D-I-B-E-R-D-S 
in my bathroom. And it was fully illustrated as well. Sadly, this work will be lost to the literary canon because I did accidentally drop it down the toilet whilst trying to draw a dead ladybird. So my first, like that, that copy of Matilda would be nothing compared to the only version of the ladybirds in my bathroom, which is now swilling around the Dorset sewage system somewhere, unfortunately. So I always wrote, and I just, I wrote for me really. I didn't write to show anybody or to win a competition. I, I, I wasn't that sort of kid, but I did just used to, I, I always have ideas all the time and I used to write them down. And it's amazing how even now some of those little ideas I had many, many years ago still crop up uh, in stuff that I do. So ideas are never wasted. And I think with writing, sometimes people, they don't think of it like another job. So any other job you wanted to do, you'd go in at a fairly junior level, wouldn't you? And you'd work your way up and you'd practice and you'd get better till you got to the top. And I think people forget that, that being an author is exactly the same, that you've got to practice it and, and work at it and get better. You don't just, you're not just born a brilliant writer, you know, you've got to work at it. And I say it took me, I was 37 when Who Let the Gods Out, which is my first book was published. So older than a T-Rex, but you know, got there in the end. So yeah, it just takes time, but I've always loved writing, always loved it. Um, it's a bit worrying looking at the books because you, you published it in, so it came out, we could get our mitts on it in 2017. Mm -hmm. But since then, there have been a ton of books. <laughs> I don't how, know how did you? Wish that how, by my calculation, this would be number five in four years. Is that accurate? This is, that is absolutely right. And I ha I've had two years since I last published anything. So I actually wow. I feel like a bit of a slacker. So yes, we put the four um, Who Let the Gods Out books out in two years. So they came out wow. pretty quickly. That was pretty hardcore, actually. And actually, I've got six books coming out of the next three years. So uh, I've lockdown this lockdown has been very prolific for me I wrote five books last year so oh my gosh coming at you uh from uh, from last week a deep and five came out so yes a busy old time so how does one write five books in a year do you work it like a nine to five do you have a word count what does your day look like well, basically, so long as you commit to doing everything else in your life really badly, it's amazing how many words you can get written. So if your house, I mean, if you can see into my house, it is an absolute, like a bomber's head. Again, I disagree. Um, it looks well, very organised. You know, I even put the hoover around a little bit for you because, you know, <laughs> I do have some pride left. Uh, but yes, if you sort of don't wash and don't raise children and, uh, you know, don't go to the supermarket very often, you can fit it in. But I do, and it's really important what you just said there, actually, to remember it is a job. It's still my job to be a writer. And yes, I love it and it's fun. Um, but it's still my job. So I have to get up in the morning and I have to be at my desk. I have to switch off all the other distractions. I mean, I know a lot of people are home learning at the moment, so they can probably understand that you kind of can't really have your phone and your devices with you because of course they're more interesting than what you're supposed to do. So I have to be quite disciplined. Um, and the key thing for me with my writing, and there are different schools of, of thought about writing, but for me, it's all about the planning. And at the moment, I'm actually just in the planning phase for Vice by Two, which will come out this time next year. Um, and again, it's not very effective over a podcast, but I could show you the wodge of papers I've got as I, as I plan my work. So that's really important that before I write one single word down, this thing is so well formed in my head that I am literally, if you squeezed me, it would just 
burst out of me in, in one revolting way or another. I, I come up with a really detailed plan. So at the moment, I'm just writing what's called the synopsis. So I literally write out in longhand everything that's going to happen in the book. And that will be about probably an eight to 10 page document on, you know, typed A4. Um, so it literally details everything. And then from that, I break it down into chapters and I work out, you know, what it is I'm going to do. Now, I don't have to stick to that because the thing about creativity is it doesn't do what it's told ever. It doesn't, it's like a child. It doesn't come when it's told to come. It doesn't leave when it's told to leave and it doesn't do anything in between times that you want it to do so I'll have a lot of ideas while I'm writing and I don't stick doggedly to my plan if something so comes up there's a much better idea I'll go off route but the thing about that plan is that I can always find my way back again and then I know what I'm doing and for me that means I mean you, you say very kindly about me having written a lot of books that's actually why I can write books quickly because I just take that extra time to plan it so writing for me is very quick you mentioned a word count back along I try to write at least 5,000 words a day when I'm writing a book. That's a so lot. when you think, you know, books are 50 to 60,000 words, Vice buys about 55,000 words. That's actually only 11 days of writing to get that first draft down. But I will have spent a month planning it before I do it. I think that's an amazing tip and it really breaks down the process for kids. And also kids don't always realize that what you are reading on the page is not what the author wrote the first time around. There are first drafts and second drafts. Some people have 10th drafts. So it's about working and reworking. Do you have to, do you enjoy it? I always worry about that. Like do authors get bored if you have to write a book two or three oh, times? Neve, you have no idea, dude. I honestly, <laughs> I would rather eat tuna with pineapple, which is like my two <laughs> death foods. Frankly, than ever read any of my books again. I actually, I've got to record the audiobook for Vice Spy. I'm very lucky I get to narrate the audiobooks. And I was supposed to do it last month, but of course, with the lockdown, I haven't been able to do it because I can't go into a studio and, and do it safely at the moment. So we're a bit late with it. The thought of having to read this wretched book again is just, I can't bear the thought of it. You're so sick of it by the end. But I, you know, in my process, I told you I spent a month uh, planning and then depending on how long, probably let's say a month writing by the time wow. I've written it and redraft it. But actually the editing, that will take six to nine months. That's wow. the by but the longest part of the process and depending on the book. So Against All Gods, which is the fourth book in the Who Let the Gods Out series, that took two drafts and it was done. It just came out. That was the book I planned the most. And that one came out really well. We don't have to do a lot to it. Simply The Quest, the second book in the Who Let the Gods Out series, took 15 drafts. And that's drafts with my editor. That's what I'll do two or three within each of those. Close yes. um, by this one took about four, I think, which is about right. Four or five is, is, is about standard for me. But that's where the, a lot of the work is. And I say to you know, all the kids I meet, I would rather run around Piccadilly Circus with my knickers on my head than anybody <laughs> ever, ever, ever read the first draft of anything I wrote. If you read the first draft of one of my books, you would, you would laugh. Not because the books are funny because you would just laugh that anyone has ever paid money for my writing they are so bad but as I always say it's a great quote I read once I wish I could claim it for myself but writing is shoveling sand editing is building the sandcastle and I think that's the really important thing that writing you should get the words on the page and get that big lump of clay and then editing is where you shape it into the book that you hope people will really enjoy and your new book looks very exciting Bye, spy, and it's going to be a new series of books also. 
It is a trilogy. There are going to be three of them are all out. Uh, the, so this one's out now and the next will be out this time next year. Um, and yes, they all feature young Valentine Day, the phi of the title, who is an 11 year old girl who finds herself caught between her divorcing parents, one of whom is a retired super spy and the other of whom is a retired super villain. So if anyone's lived through divorce, as, as I have, you know, it can all get a bit messy and a bit silly at times. But just imagine if you your parents have like bazookas in their airing cupboard it could get very messy very quickly and so it does for Vi uh, all the while trying to save the world from Umbra the evil supervillain, and prove to her family that she's got what it takes to be a spy herself. I also want to ask you because you do a lot of creative writing workshops so mm. I'm wondering for all our readers and future authors and current authors because a lot of our kids write a lot of stuff and Fantastic. sometimes send it in to us which is amazing. So amazing. What, what is your top tip for being a writer well now my top tip I'm going to give you one I've got loads of tips we could sit here all month <laughs> frankly and I, I'd barely scratch the surface I think my top tip for children writing stories is there's a lot of um systems for writing stories of which I, I've created one as well which I call story stew which has I, I hope worked for lots of children and a lot of story systems tell you to come up with a world and come up with a story and blah, blah, blah. You say, I don't think that's the right way to go into it. I think the first thing you think of is a character. That's, that's what we're all interested in. That's why we read these books, because we're interested in a character. And not only do you need to think of your character, but then you need to think about what they want. That is the key to every story that was ever written. And when I read stories that don't work, either from children or very frequently from grown-ups, they haven't identified what their character wants because that's what this story is going to be all about. Vi wants to be a spy. That's what her story is all about, is how she gets to be a spy. Elliotin, who let the gods out, wants to save his mum. So everything he does is going to be about that. Harry Potter wants to save the world from Voldemort. You know, Every story is about a character who wants something. And once you have that really strong, strong spine and backbone to your story the rest of it will be easier so you want a character and what they want ideally then a problem something that's going to get in the way a solution and then the ending is that they do or they don't get what they want so character what they want problem solution do they or don't they get what they want you've got a story structure that will work forever and ever no matter what your story on my website www.maz.world there's a free um, worksheet that you can download to plan your stories that has those points on it and some explanations so if you are a writer I start all my stories this way uh, when I'm planning so if that's useful to anybody please take it with my blessing it will cost you nothing but two minutes of your time Well, if you're a regular listener, you know what time it is. Yes, that smell of raw terror is in the air. It's time for Maz Evans to take on the We Love Books favourites round. What is your favourite colour? Purple. Your favourite kids' book that's not your own? (laughs) Rats, The Twits by Roald Dahl. Favourite kids' film? Uh, Jumanji, The Next Level. Favourite pizza topping? Anything that doesn't involve pineapple, because if you eat pineapple, you're a freak of nature and you should go and live in a cave somewhere all on your own, Uh, particularly um, anything with really smelly cheese on it. (laughs) On that note, what is your favourite place to be alone? This space here, my writing den. This is where I love to be. I shut the door, I light a fire, I pile in the biscuits. I have, look, Maz's biscuit tin here, which has all all of this stuff in. And uh, this is my little sanctuary. This is my writing cave. This is my favourite place. Well, that's great, because my next question is, what's your favourite sweet treat? 
Uh, biscuits. Oh, I could give up everything, but I can't cope without chocolate biscuits. I love chocolate biscuits. No, really, I love chocolate. I really love chocolate biscuits. I'm not sure if that. you did. I didn't, wasn't sure, I didn't quite hear. Chocolate biscuits. I love chocolate biscuits. Keep your pineapple and your tuna, but chocolate biscuits every time. Oh, love it. And what type of chocolate biscuits? Uh, cookies, but, but I also like that. I won't say the brand name, but the ones that are more chocolate than biscuit. Yeah. That basically okay. does a tiny bit of biscuit in a massive slab of chocolate. Love them. Oh, I love <laughs> it. Dip a cup of tea. Bit, bit melty. <laughs> what is your favorite day of the week? Um, Friday, because I do quite like working, but it's nearly the weekend. Your favorite month of the year? June, because it's my birthday. Your favorite bike ride you've ever taken? Oh, I'm lucky I live by the sea, so I can cycle all the way along the front, but I always get such a sore bum when I cycle, which is weird, because like it's not like there isn't plenty of it, but um, yes, a big long cycle ride along, along the coast of Bournemouth, lovely. And finally, what is your favorite gift you ever got from Santa? Oh, well, you're assuming it was a lump of coal because I'm quite naughty. Um, Santa this year brought me, brought me an engagement ring, which was quite nice. So, which was weird because the man I lived with was, was going to ask me to marry him as well. So That's that was lovely. Father Christmas had done it first. That would have yeah. been two frogs. So, so that was quite nice. Also, I once got a mug that you can put biscuits in underneath. I don't know if I mentioned, I really, really <laughs> like biscuits. No, and this mug. Good, to, good to know. Yeah, so I like biscuits. Sorry, I should have mentioned that right at the top. You should have started with that. With a mouth that you can put chocolate biscuits in. <laughs> They're not the best bit of design, because what do you think happens when you put chocolate biscuits in a hot cup of tea? I think the chocolate melts. You are absolutely right, Maven. This is why you have the job that you do with incisive analysis. Yes. Exactly right. In depth. Mug with biscuits. Engagement ring, mug with biscuits. It's one of the two, probably. We love books. I wanted to know what books you guys would like to write if you sat down to write one tomorrow. Eight-year-old Nina tells us about the autobiographical work she would like to produce, informing her readers all about herself and her life. Well, if I was a, already a book writer, I would write about my life so people would know about me. Um, that I love art and I love pets. And also I love making friends because I already have friends out on the road. I was just playing with them before this Zoom. Um, I have this dog called Bowie. She's Jack Russell and she loves snuggling into me. So if I had a book, I would call it The Life About an Artist so people would know that all about me. I'd talk about my school and my family and what I ate and what toys I had when I was little. So I'm in second class and my teacher's very nice. Her name's Deirdre McBride. I have this best friend ever. She's my BFF. She's, her name is Lara. She lives in an apartment and she has more than 100 LOL dolls. And she puts them in very good places. My mom, she's very nice. My dad, he loves reading just like me. He likes reading on his Kindle. My little sister, I love her, but she's quite annoying. 
and my brother. Um, sometimes he likes to beat us up, but he's still adorable. My dad was feeding him rice until he shook his head and said no. And that was his first word. Well, that's it for this episode of We Love Books. A huge thanks to all the kids who took part and to all the adults who helped make it all happen as we're sitting at home on Zoom calls to each other. Next week, vet, TV presenter, general adventurer, and a whole lot of other things in between, Jess French is our featured author, sharing her fascinating encounters with animals with us. I'm Neve Bennett, this is We Love Books, and until next time, happy reading. Happy reading.